0: Hello and welcome back to the Deck Guys podcast. Today, our episode is going to be, So You Want to Start a Deck Business. We're going to be going over all of the things it took for us to get our business off the ground and what you can look to expect if you want to get into something similar. So Gio, do you want to talk about some of the categories we're going to go into? Yeah, so today, you know, obviously we're going to be talking about kind of getting getting things started from the ground up.
1: Uh, why contractors suck, you know, incorporating branding, insurance, SEO, all that good stuff. So, you know, starting off, um,
0: let's, let's kind of get into why someone would want to start a deck company. So, yeah, so as this year has gone on, we've really cemented those ideas that we kind of had as we started. There's just, for lack of a better word, bad practices that you see in the industry. Um, yeah,
1: unfortunately, in contracting, you know... Where a lot of people would normally have someone holding them accountable, which is, and this is obviously a personal take, but where a lot of people would have someone holding them accountable, like a manager, supervisor, you know, a boss, et cetera. When you work for yourself, it's a little easier to negotiate with yourself and say, oh, I really don't have to get back to this person. Uh, or nah, you know, what's gonna happen if I don't return? this phone call or you know, it's when I think that's when some of the trouble begins to happen is when you negotiate with yourself. Um, because if you're not taking your brand and your brand identity seriously, then
0: I mean, nobody else is going to do it for you. Yeah. And you touched on two things that I think is really important. One is just the level of poor communication that you deal with, Mm -hmm. with these contractors is incredible. It's like you couldn't give them money if you tried. Because they wouldn't return the call to, to figure out when to pick it up, you know? Yeah. So that's the first thing that I think is just throughout the entire industry really, really bad. And then the other thing that you touched on was cutting corners. Especially, you kind of see like it with the memes, how like the single mom of three comes in to get her oil changed. And they charge her like, you know, $1,000 because she just doesn't know what she's looking at. Yeah. Uh, it's really similar when it comes to like, you know, other trade stuff. Yeah, I mean if you're an uninformed homeowner,
1: you know, and you and, and so the unfortunate thing is that this happens with bigger brands too, bigger more well-established brands and I mean you really have to vet your people, vet who you're hiring for your project, you know, Google reviews are probably one of the most the easiest way to vet someone. Obviously, word of mouth helps out a lot too if you're going about that the right way. I mean, there's just so many ways to vet the people, but vet your contractors, but there's a couple key things
0: that we want to touch on. And real quick, before you get into that, I think as far as contracting goes, that is where that whole, you get what you pay for comes into play because even though new home decks is not the cheapest option in our market, no, not at all. We're yeah. going to be giving you a peace of mind. We're going to be sticking to our word. We're going to be sticking to our price. Um, and that's a lot of things that these people cannot say. Yeah. And that's part of, you know, paying a little bit more
1: for an established brand is that you're kind of paying for the safety and the reputation of the brand. You know, you're paying for the experience, for the timeliness, the communication. Whereas, I mean, I, and I'm not saying that the little guy can't provide that. You know, I'm not saying that you're, 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 whatever, you know, run-of-the-mill, handyman isn't capable of providing an experience like that, but there's no guarantee. So some some of the things we wanted to touch on in terms of the difference between your run-of-the-mill, handyman, you know, kind of jack-of-all-trades, and then specialized, like for example, all we do is decks. So, and this episode specifically is going to be pretty deck-specific, so we're going to really begin splitting hairs here soon in terms of Insurance policies, vetting your contractors, uh, incorporation, et cetera, et cetera. So, and like I said, not saying that you can't find things, uh, you know, good, kick-ass customer experiences with the smaller guy, but ninety-nine percent of the time, you are paying for a brand and brand identity for the uh, for the guarantee of a promised experience. You know,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: So, one of the first things to get into is um, obviously. If you're going to be doing business with a, a contractor, make sure you're doing business with a legal entity. So, our company is an LLC. There's a lot of you know is the way to go for us in our specific um, case. That's probably what you're you're going to see most commonly in a lot of trades. Um, you're going to see a couple of LTDs. Um, those are kind of the bigger. You know, the bigger, more commercial projects, uh, and project management companies. Um, you're also going to see a lot of sole proprietorships. Um, so these are the guys that are, like I said, more handyman, smaller scale. Um, but generally if you're dealing, you know, with a deck company, um, you're going to see LLCs and that's deck companies. That's painting companies. That's, that's your pretty run of the mill, you know, especially here in Texas. I mean, getting an LLC is so easy took us about a week paperwork came in in a month i mean um if you're dealing with a legitimate company also make sure you're dealing with a legitimate legal entity for sure you know to displace liability and um, make sure that you as a customer are protected when you're making not only a purchase but an investment in your home Um, it's super important um you know and that kind of ties into building your brand so you know, you, you got to have your trucks lettered up. You got to, you know, you, you got to have brand identity. Um, you, you have to have, because there's safety in your brand, you know. Um, when you, for example, go to a McDonald's, you, you're you probably not going there for a five-star meal. You know, you're going there because you're familiar with the experience. You're You're pretty much guaranteed an experience when you go to an establishment like that right you you across the board you could go to a mcdonald's here in texas you'd go to one down the road you go to one in china you're gonna get at least a ballpark range you know what to expect so that's part of you know keeping things consistent in terms of your contracting business you want to make sure that uh, a lead you get six months from now is going to get the same experience that a lead you're bidding out right now is going to get and that's not to say that you can't improve but that is to say that you should have a couple standardized practices, like sales practices. Um, you should have a demonstrable, repeatable sales process that you can. Uh, what's it called? Easily teach, um, and that's the big thing. Is what I've noticed in a lot of contractors is it's it's kind of like uh, this magic where you sometimes you got it and sometimes you don't. Um, but. If you have a demonstrable, repeatable sales process that you can fall back on, right? And so it's, it's kind of like how the military, you know, all they do is train, right? Especially, so let's talk about the people that are overseas. 99% of the time they're training. And for that, you know, small percentage of time that they are in combat, it's to this point where they're not even thinking of their training, their training is just a part of their routine at this point it's it's mm-hmm. second nature so the the whole point of it is to have a sales process that you can repeat and fall back on like training and it happens all the time when we're out on sales calls you know we've seen it where y- you won't really be able to think of the right thing to say at the time mm-hmm. or you you know your things kind of go dry or if you're on a phone call there's crickets so the, the big thing for our sales process, at least what I try to do is ask great open ended questions because more often than not, people like to hear themselves talk and they will literally give you the answers that you're looking for. If you just ask great open ended questions.
0: Yeah. I would say the worst thing to have happen on a bid is for them to ask you a question. You don't have the answer to it. Um, and so that, I
1: think- that, and then you go on a bid. And if it's just you doing the talking, there's also a problem there. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You know, if, if, and, and it, we get lost in it because obviously we're the experts in our trade. But if I wanted to, I don't know, get my podcast produced or, or have my website done and I got, I hired a website guy, mm-hmm. I would obviously want to tell him what I want, how I want my website. I wouldn't want him to come in and say, you know, basically do, Everything for me. He's not asking me any open-ended questions. So at the end of the day, what what a client might feel is that a deck or a website or whatever service you're offering is um, they almost feel sold. No one likes to feel sold to. People want to feel valued. So you know if, if you if you get this feeling of being sold as opposed to being valued as a customer and and served, you know that's what we're trying to avoid. We want to because obviously it's a service-based industry. There's so,
0: definitely in the deck building industry here there's that whole salesman, like pushy salesman stereotype, yeah. which yeah. is 100% accurate because these salesmen, I'm assuming they're commission. Yeah. Um, yeah. So their their goal is to come into your house, push you as hard as they can on the biggest deck they can get you to buy mm-hmm. because they're going to make the most money out of it. And that's just not a format that we like to go off of because at the end of the day, we're not trying to sell you on the biggest project possible. We're trying to sell you on what you think is going to be the most beneficial for your house and your needs. And so when you go at it from that angle versus I'm going to try and sell them as much as possible, uh, you really help solve their problems and just become that facet to getting them what they want, um, and where they need to go based on their needs.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's, uh, it's people want to be informed. Um, they don't want to be sold to. And you know, the, when you come at it from the angle of just trying to make a big sale, I think uh, most people are going to see right through you. And that's not to say that you can't close high ticket items or anything. Um, I'm just your close rate is not going to be as high as if, in my opinion, as if you just as if just trying to uh, inform a customer, you know, and and come at it from the angle of I'm not trying to sell you. But let's take a look at our options. I've done a couple decks where I say, hey, listen, maybe a deck isn't your best option. I can refer you to this guy for a patio, you know. yeah, And
0: and that's it all goes back to that customer experience because that that pushy salesman uh trope is every time, you know, someone asks about their deck or oh who did that for you they're going to get that feeling of, you know, get getting bombarded by that salesman and it's going to be less likely that they're going to refer you to, you know, their neighbor or whoever else might be interested in it.
1: No, absolutely. And um you know, word word of mouth is it's super important. I'm not going to sit here and say it's absolutely not cuz how many people have you talked to that you know we talk with cuz as a business owner you deal with multiple you know a lot of other business entities yeah and so we'll talk with them and we just kind of throw these questions out there we'll be like hey what are you guys doing for advertising or marketing mm-hmm. they're like it's all word of mouth and that kind of hurts to hear um, cuz it's word of mouth is don't get me wrong irreplaceable having someone else sell for you um is is there's nothing better than that, but there's that's also no way to run your business off of just solely
0: word of mouth. Not in the 21st century. No, no, no.
1: I mean, and if you're not, you know, in my opinion, if you're not on Google, you you really aren't taking this whole own a business thing seriously. So, you know, r- word of mouth is great. Word of mouth is irreplaceable, but you have to be online. You have to be on these, and I'm. These third-party lead generation services like Angie and Thumbtack are a little less important in my opinion. But at Google, 100%. Facebook, 100%. You have to have a social media presence, and you have to be making content.
0: Google reviews will make or break your business. And so that kind of takes me into uh, our next topic, which was – and it's going to touch on our branding a little bit as well. But like our website creation um, and our online presence in general. Like I remember back in – january february when we were still coming up with our color schemes and our logos and our even our name and nick my brother our uh behind the scenes guy he's uh he's done a really good job of helping really uh i'd say unify our brand as a whole even down to our name just new home decks really rolls off the tongue it rolls off the tongue it's easy to remember we've got the orange and the white and the blue i don't know i don't know if y'all have gotten the chance to see our truck but go to our website we'll put a picture up there and uh You'll see, it is recognizable. Yeah,
1: and I mean, I don't know if this was intentional, but when Nick made our logo, I mean, we we struck really close to a lot of uh, branding tools, branding rules that, um, in terms of recognizability, are super important. So one is the 60-30-10, right? Mm-hmm. You should have 60% of the space being taken up by um, kind of a background color. In our case, it's white. Mm-hmm. 30% being taken up by one of your primary colors. In this case, it's the text, and um, it'll, you know, depending which version of the logo you see, it'll be white or black, and then that 10% is the orange steps, right? Mm-hmm. And so that plays into that 60-30-10 rule of logo recognizability. It'll really help you um, remember it. I mean, think of McDonald's. 60% of their logo is a red background, 30% is the golden arches, and then that 10% is that white text. I'm loving it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of that brand recognizability that you can really easily pick out. And helps, it sticks in your brain. Um, and then obviously, the rule of threes really helps out. Um, three words, new home decks, there's three steps in the logo. Um, inadvertently, maybe that also happened, but uh, it just so happened that we have a really good, really recognizable logo, um, which helps build our brand identity. Uh, you, so I don't know, you know, you see some of these bigger companies, and it's like, when was the last time you saw a construction company's logo that you thought, "Oh wow, that's good"? You know, doesn't happen a lot. D- yeah, I feel like a lot of construction company logos are is a, is like a name and a really thin text, and that's it. You know, with some sort of color. Um, yeah.
0: So we both knew getting into this this year uh, that this first initial year was going to be a push as hard as we can to just get ourselves out there, and so you know mm-hmm. the. The word of mouth was important, and that's why, you know, we take so much pride in our service. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've done everything we can there. But, you know, word of mouth is organic. It's not something we have control over. Besides giving them, you know, the best experience possible, that's all we can really do, right? Uh, So the other facet of that was our SEO online. And I know with you, it's been, uh, you know, we have our own SEO guy at this point who who helps us out with these things. But SEO is really the... uh, the lifeblood of our company right now Um, because getting our name to the top of Google as often as possible is really how we're going to generate more leads than anything else. So you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I, I would absolutely, I mean, you know, big
1: advocate for Google. It's, it's one of the best ways to generate uh, qualified leads. You know, that's one of the things like you can obviously pay a third party lead gen service. um, But lead quality, suffers. Um, Google, in my opinion, is the most consistent way to get qualified leads. Um, And so, you know, for for a long time, we were running Google ads and we had a monthly budget that we were, you know, ticketing for that. Um, And we saw a lot of success in the first month, two months. We saw a lot of success. And then we noticed a, a pretty severe drop off in the amount of leads that we were getting. So, mm-hmm. what's happening is Google kind of goes off of activity. So, if they see that you're not active, you're not constantly updating your site, you're not, you know, keeping your head up in the algorithm, um, they're, they're going to stop promoting you. They want to promote companies that um, have regular activity. So, part of having an SEO guy is promoting that regular activity. You're obviously paying somebody to do that for you. You're, you know, ranking higher in organic searches too, um, Mm -hmm. which is super important. I don't know about you, Cade, but when I go online and I Google something, you know how it's the first three or four search results are ads. Yeah. I immediately skip the ads and I go down Mm -hmm. to the organic search results because I know that that's more than likely going to be what I want to see. So if you can rank In that first page, you don't even have to be number one, but if you can get into that first page of organic uh, search results for your area, you know, for us, it's the San Antonio area, but I mean, whatever, Michigan, Chicago, I don't care. If you can get in that first page, you'll absolutely see a huge increase um, in, you know, overall activity for your company, lead generation.
0: Um, And one thing I'm pretty proud of is I think we've done that pretty effectively. I mean, we have the ad, obviously, but, but we're on that first page, which I mean there is a lot of companies around here that have been open a lot longer than we have and not say anything close to that. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, you got to take this stuff seriously. I mean, you, you know what a lot of people will do is, Oh, I, I, I can do that myself. And that's gotta be one of the biggest pitfalls. Yeah. Oh, I can make my own logo or I can, you know, you can't be afraid to pay somebody to, to, Provide a service that they specialize in. I mean, especially if it's going to, you know, p- profit your business down the line. So yeah, that's I think a lot of these take on that. a yeah. lot
0: of these contractor guys are. Um,
1: I wouldn't say. I mean, I, I just see an they just like to be to reinvest. That too, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I I get it that like, you know, everybody has bills at the end of the month, and and uh, you gotta you gotta keep up. You know, you got to keep yeah. the wolves away, but it's, it's at a certain point, if you're going to take this business owner thing seriously and you want to grow and you want to grow. Thing. And I'm not saying that everybody's trying to grow. There's a couple people that are, yeah. or, you know, there's contractors that are happy with where they're at in terms of top line revenue. And that's great. Um, us personally. And I feel like a lot of people, yeah, a lot of contractors are in this to make a profit and build a life that they want for themselves. So if that's what you want, you obviously have to, be willing to scale um and keep up because if you don't keep up with technology it will leave you behind it mm-hmm. will leave you you know i mean i was talking with another contractor um the other day and he's like yeah i haven't really i haven't really done anything since the uh, yellow pages i had my business listed in the yellow pages oh lord and i was like i don't even think i was alive when yellow P- i pagers were probably still around with it <laughs> you know and it's like well that's why yeah. That's why you're not your business is not scaling. That's you know that's why you're not happy with your top line revenue or or what you're bringing home and feeding to your family. I mean, that's that's my take on it, but I think having SEO, taking your brand identity seriously, like these these, these are this is contracting one
0: paying someone to do your taxes so you oh, don't 100%. get audited. <laughs> have a good CPA,
1: have a good yeah. CPA because it's, you know, the the flat rate that you pay them a month, you will it me personally, just it's worth not having the headache, you know, having a bookkeeper,
0: especially being new to this stuff. We can't expect yeah. us to yeah to know everything, the ins and outs, and everything we need to be keeping track of. Well, it's like you talk with your CPA, or at least I have, and they're like
1: they bring up uh, like five different forms, like a nine forty one and dash. You know, it's like yeah. Me personally, I'm I will tell you how to build a deck inside and out. I'll give you not tax, you people. know, we're not tax people, so that's one of those things where. I know a lot of guys who are like, oh, "I'll just do my own taxes," and you know, it's not worth the headache for us. So having a CPA, hundred percent, if you're doing anything more than two hundred fifty thousand in top line revenue a year, I think a CPA is right. You know, yeah, right it's for just about everybody. Sure. In in that, I mean, so for example, we've got a a friend that owns a body shop. They're doing right around three million three and a half million in top line revenue. They pay about six
0: grand a year um, for their CPA. And the, those errors that that he catches and things saves them oh, tens of thousands. Yeah.
1: headache, And not only that, but headaches, time, yeah. time, because time that you're investing, you know, fixing errors like that is time that you're not painting cars or building decks or, you know.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, what we're really trying to hammer home is if you're going to try and start a company and, make it scalable, you need to be able to allocate uh, resources and uh, aspects of your company that you can't be doing all the time to other people. Because at the end of the day, you can't be an expert on everything. And you know a jack of all trades is a master of none. And that you know? is not to say that as
1: a business owner, you don't wear a lot of hats. Because you do. I mean, you're the marketing sure. guy, yeah. you're the sales guy. For example, I'm still in the field. A lot of self-employed contractors
0: are still in the field it's and that's my point is you know you're a busy person yeah so yeah so you you have to choose
1: your time choose where you allocate and where you put your time very wisely paying the right person to like i said do your taxes do your marketing it's going to save you a lot of headaches and the whole point of that is to skyrocket um and give you professional results, shit that you probably wouldn't see if you were having your sister do your marketing or your aunt do your logo. It's like if you're paying professionals to do, to, you know, if you're paying for a professional service, you're going to get professional results. And homeowners, especially homeowners with heavy checkbooks, want to deal with professionals, you know? 100%. So, one, another thing, if you're going to work with a contractor, Please, for the love of God, make sure they have insurance. It's mm-hmm. illegal to work without insurance in the state of Texas. I can't speak for for any other states right now. You know, we haven't done business in any other states. But for the love of God, make sure that they have insurance. I don't recommend doing business with anyone who has less than uh, $1 million general liability um, insurance policy.
0: That's And our insurance paid off immediately. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: immediately. We had a water line on a home. Um the day it went into effect.
0: And, you know. It was a ten thousand dollar mistake that we would have had to cover if we hadn't.
1: Yeah, have fucked it. And we pay a couple hundred bucks a month for a million dollars of coverage, you know. Um, totally worth it. Totally worth it. There's no excuse not to have insurance if you're um, a contractor, if you're taking your brand identity seriously, if you're doing if you're donning your I's crossing your T's, doing all this stuff, you have to have insurance. You can get away with a half a million dollar policy in the state of Texas. I personally wouldn't recommend it. Um, for deck building, like I said, you can do it. But if you if you want to err on the side of caution and if you're going to do any work with uh, bigger companies like custom home builders or track home builders, a um, million dollar general it's liability required. policy yep. is the minimum uh, required amount to have. So just something to keep in mind um, – that's also another big thing is, you know, don't get me wrong. All this online stuff is great. You know, you building your brand online, um, marketing to online is great. But there's no replacement for the in-person relationships that you're going to have mm-hmm. as a contractor. So that's not – I'm not saying you need to spend every waking moment online building your brand. Sometimes you need to get out there in person and shake some hands. Like go to the home and garden show. For sure. Talk to a – you know. Invite your clients. Like, for example, we, we've got a small home builder that we're their exclusive deck vendor. Send them gifts. Invite them out for a drink. You know, just build these personal relationships. Um yep. Only good can come from that, you know. Those if, $8 home and garden tickets have yeah. made us thousands. 100%. <laughs> yeah, just because we got out there and shook some hands. Yeah. And you know what? Not everyone you talk to is going gonna, is gonna to yield the results that you want. I mean, how many people do we talk to at that home and garden show? We probably talked to... 20 different business owners yeah, and that one that we that we spoke with and got you know we really hit it off we're now their exclusive deck vendor and they keep us busy i mm-hmm. mean they keep us really busy so if you can build nurture and grow these personal relationships um, that's 100% a hundred percent a path to long-term success because not only are you invested in their success but they're also invested in yours and you, it's a symbiotic relationship that you can kind of keep growing between the two of you. So if you benefit each other, the more of that you can have, the more relationships like that you can develop, um, the better. And frankly, it's really hard to develop things like that online. <laughs> yeah. You have to get out there. You have to shake some hands. You have to go you know, to in-person events. Um, that's one thing that I do have to get a little better at um, because we do it, just not as much as I'd like to. Um, but absolutely, you know, there's personal relationships that you have in person, they're irreplaceable. Um, it's, it's almost like this word of mouth stuff. You can't run a business off of it alone. But if you don't have it, good luck, you know, mm-hmm. good luck. Because it's it's just that the, it's a hard world out there. You got to you got to have the right people in place and the right systems to keep you afloat.
0: All right. So we're going to go into our last segment as we're recording this. It's January 5th. Uh, so I just want to ask you what are your goals for twenty twenty three and where do you see new home decks going in the next twelve months?
1: Um uh so for example this year we did three hundred and thirty just shy three hundred and forty thousand dollars in top line revenue. So I'd like to do at by by December, I'd like to do I've got it written down somewhere, half a million, you know. Mm-hmm. And I I think we'll do more than that. Um, just because of the math that I've done, I yeah. think we'll be right at around 600. Um, but I, half a million is where I'd like to be at least by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of top line revenue, I uh, also have personal goals for my salary, you know, pay myself more, yeah. um, more vacation time just in, you know, um, in terms of the business, uh, I have a couple numbers that I need to break down in terms of leads per month how many leads I want to get a month, and what, what I want my average close rate to be. Um, and possibly having another crew, right? Yeah, so that all kind of ties into scaling. Um, I don't know if we'll do it this year, but definitely by next year mm-hmm. we'll have another crew. Um, just really boiling this whole business thing down to a system, to a science, yeah, to it. The big thing for me is a predictable science, a demonstrable, repeatable, predictable science that we can, um,
0: and I think we've done a great job thus far of basically getting the company in the position for that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think at this point, all there really is to do is find trustworthy guys, Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, find the, the right leads. People. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so on average, um, it takes anywhere between two and three years for you to build a word of mouth network with any contracting. Not even contracting, but just with any business in general. Uh-huh. To You know, you're obviously, you're bringing these new clients in and the chances of, oh, we just built this person's deck. Oh, and their neighbor needs a deck too. Like mm-hmm. the chances of that happening are relatively low within the first six months. But if you give it that two, two and a half, three year uh, period, uh, you know, to let these, because neighbors are going to come over. Oh, who built your deck? Oh, it looks great. And, th- you know, they're not going to call tomorrow, but, you know, yeah. six months down the line say, man, you know, I think I'm ready for a new deck. So it takes time for these uh, word of mouth chains to grow. But when they do grow, obviously a word of mouth lead is going to have a much higher close rate than uh, just a, a regular lead that you're going to get because,
0: It's exponential, like the amount of people that you're reaching. For sure, yeah.
1: And it gets to a point where you could comfortably, if you weren't worried about scaling anymore, run your business off of word of mouth. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's the way to do it, but it's absolutely plausible. For sure. Um, But the reason word of mouth leads are also generally uh, a little – or higher quality is because, first of all, they're in the vicinity – of someone who can afford your services, right? Mm -hmm. So they, whether it's in tax bracket or location, they're pretty close in terms of income to someone who can afford your services. Um, Second of all, you're already having someone kind of sell for you, right? So when they're calling, you're not going to have this extreme, like these polar ends of the conversation geared towards price, right? You're not going to be selling someone with a $3,000 budget, a $20,000 deck, yeah, um, definitely helps your close rate because these people are, are vetted and qualified leads by your previous customers, right? So, that and I'm not saying that that's every word of mouth lead, but it's it's absolutely when you comparatively the case. Um, so, like I said, it just takes time to build that network. It's we're, we're not even we haven't even been in business for a full year. I mean, we incorporated on the 18th of February. Got our first playing client on March 20-something. Yeah. You know, we haven't been in business a full year, a full fiscal year. So um, really excited to see where it goes um, and how we can scale it. But definitely growing the right way with the right people is kind of our goal for, for 2023 and so on. You know, we we'll def- yeah. we'll definitely want to bring the right people in through the door and scale this the right way.
0: For me personally, well on the business side of things i want to get the marketing to the point where you don't have enough people to to cover the amount of leads that you're getting absolutely force you to to scale so i want to see what i can do there um yeah and really see where we can take it no
1: the work is out there you know yeah the work is out there it's just optimizing the systems that you have in place to to bring it through the door in my opinion
0: you know well there you go um so yeah, I think, I think that was a good uh, overview of what we're trying to get done, what we have done, and uh, what it took to get us off the ground. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, next episode is going to be standardizing our practices. Uh, so I hope to see you there. And uh, thank you for listening to the Deck Guys podcast. Be good. Bye.